Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Kelly. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show and this weekend extra episode. And this is a story we felt you needed to hear. My God, it's been haunting me. Oh, a beloved Toronto principal, Richard Bilkstow, tragically died by suicide in July. And what led up to that decision is absolutely chilling. And I would submit was inevitable with the crazy race essentialism DEI approach that we've been forcing down the throats of people in our country and our, our neighbors to the north in Canada where this happened. The free press, this is the you know, the, the media group that Barry Weiss, our friend, started, and they've been doing great reporting. They did an in-depth report on Richard and the DEI training sessions that he participated in before his death that really, they weren't DEI training. They were, they were bully sessions. That's what happened to this man. I believe he was bullied to death. And joining me now with the story is free press reporter Rupa Subramania. Rupa, thank you so much for being here and for this great reporting. It is absolutely uh, chilling. Thanks for ha- yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for having was, me on the show, Megan. It's it's a real honor. It's um, I, I as I said, it's, it was a matter of time because so many people like if I went to a DEI training, I I'd probably be kicked out because the things I'd be saying would be unacceptable. Um, people who are of the left feel the need to be accepted by those doing these trainings. And while some are brave enough to push back here or there, uh, they do get made examples of, you know, they, they, they wind up being the one that, that gets example, you know, like, oh, no, this is wrong. And it's happened to people like when I was in the city, uh, they offered this at my daughter's school and another mom came to me. She's a white mom. And she said the entire time it was the white people were shamed. It was all about, you know, it was very anti-white and about how the country's, you know, white nationalist and so on and so forth. And you were not allowed to speak. Like they told the white people to be quiet for the entire training for two days. And finally, at the end of the training on the second day, the white people were allowed to say something. And she gently, very gently pushed back saying, you know, I don't think the country's that racist. We elected a black president, you know, whatever. And they just the shit storm that rained down on her. They they made an example of her so that nobody else would speak out. So that brings me to your story. When I read it, it sounded very familiar to me. This one gentleman pushed back gently on some of the narrative that was being spewed in his DEI training. And the pylon that then happened to him was grossly unfair. So take us to the beginning of Richard Bilkstow's story. Thanks, Megan. Richard Bilkstow, um, his passion was always education. He loved teaching and mentoring, uh, and especially uh, kids who came from the most marginalized and underprivileged backgrounds. And he really felt that he could make a difference to a young person's life. Uh, and, you know, not all of us get to live our dreams, but he actually got to live his dream of, of teaching. He was a lifelong educator. Um, he was loved by his students and admired by his colleagues, uh, his peers and school board officials. And he was recognized as a leader in adult education here in the province of Ontario, where I live and where Richard Biltstow lived. Um, And that was his expertise, teaching young adults um, um, in the province. 
he retired in 2019, but he loved teaching so much that he uh, worked as a supply principal at uh, various adult learning centers. Uh, and he did this not because he needed the money, but he truly loved what he did. Um, and in 2020, Richard Bilkstowe was hired as a principal at an adult learning center uh, in Toronto. Uh, he His work was so appreciated uh, that school board officials uh, wanted him back uh, for the fall of 2021. So he signed a new contract in April of that year. That's when his life really began to fall apart uh, because of this one incident that happened at a DI training session. Now, the Toronto District School Board, which is the country's largest school board, uh, decided to run a, uh, an equity, diversity, and inclusion event. Um, and this was outsourced to a well-known DI consultancy firm in Toronto called the Kojo Institute. And Kojo, as a principal... KOJO, which is named after, I believe, um, uh, after its CEO, Kiki Oja Thompson, um, and we'll be coming back to her in a bit because uh, she's mm -hmm. an important part of the story, uh, she obviously. Is. And as a principal, he was expected to attend, uh, but it's it's important to keep in mind here that that's not why he went, uh, and this I've pieced together from people who knew him well, people who were close to him. Uh, he was always looking out for uh, opportunities where he could improve himself professionally because he's, he loved what he did so much that he wanted uh, to do his job better. Um, and it's also very important to keep in mind here, Megan, that uh, Richard was very much on the progressive left. He truly believed in things like diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion. He was gay. Um, and the first session begins April 19th, 2021, goes up without incident, Not, nothing, uh, as far as I'm aware, happened there. But it all began at the second training session on April 26th, where um, Kiki Oja Thompson, the CEO of Kojo Institute, uh, she's, she's running the training session, she makes a claim that Canada is a bastion of white supremacy and that uh, Black uh, Canadians, African Canadians uh, in Canada um, experience racism that is far worse here in Canada than in the U.S. All right, let me now, stand you by because we have a little bit of that. We've got some sound bites and I'll play them where appropriate. But here's just a taste of that exact moment that you just referred to in soundbite one. The racism is, is, is we experience it far worse uh, here than there. So um, I know that's going to be hard once so people wrap their head around, but that's the level of white supremacy. Like Canada's a bastion of white supremacy and colonialism. Like they at least had a fighting posture against at least the monarchy. Here we celebrate the monarchy, the very heart and soul and origins of the colonial structure. Think about that. Right. And all that it represents. We hold it dear still. Keep going. Uh, now, Richard had, uh, he, you know, he had taught in an inner, inner city high school in Buffalo, uh, a school uh, with a large African-American population. And he felt that this claim made by Kiki Oja Thompson needed to be challenged. And he felt that people of color were far more disadvantaged in the U.S. than in Canada. And he puts and he put that view out in the DEI session. He says, look, Canada, Wait, uh, we have a lot of problems. <laughs> We've got that, too. <laughs> just a bit. And this is pretty bold. I mean, this is bold, but really it's a guy kind of trying to defend his own country too, saying I've been in America. It's way worse there. <laughs> like wait, we're, it's not worse in Canada than it is in America. 
which, you know, we could debate all day. Who cares? But the point is, this is his point of view. And he's trying to rehabilitate Canada to a bit, to, to an extent, with this Kiki. And here's a little bit of what he said in top two. I just want to make a comment about uh, the Canada-U.S. thing and a, a little bit of a challenge of it. I did my student teaching in the U.S. And, and have spent a lot of time in the U.S. And to say here, honestly, that Canada is not a more just society than the United States is, and we talked about facts and figures, I invite everyone here to, to do some research. And you look at yeah, absolutely. And look at things like education and look how more you think about a system we have in Ontario where every student is funded equally. You go to the United States, they're funded based on their, their, their tax base. We have a public education system where everyone is funded the same way. It's not like that in the United States. We have a healthcare system here where everyone has access to healthcare. It is not the same way in the United States. So to say, sit here and say, all honesty, we're talking about facts and figures and to walk into the classroom tomorrow and say, Canada's just as bad as the United States. I think we're doing an incredible disservice to our learners. So it's a perspective from somebody who's lived in both countries that any normal, open-minded person running a, a even a DEI session would say, oh, interesting point. Let's let's talk about it. No, that's not how it went. I'll just cut to the next soundbite and then I'll give it back to you. Here's Kiki's response to what he said. And you'll hear Richard on the back end. Here's how she handled it. So what's fascinating is, and this is why we're in the place that we're in, is that you think, so we're here to talk about anti-Black racism, but you and your whiteness think that you can tell me what's really going on for Black people? Mm. Like, is that what you're doing? Because like, I think that's what you're doing, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to leave you space to tell me what you're doing right now. Exactly. I just want to make the point you were talking about the United States. Okay. And I just want to do a comparison. And as I said, you talked about facts and figures and, 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 and you know, listening to the facts and figures. And I think if everyone here looks at the facts and figures and all kinds of all kinds of studies and uh, you'll see we're a far more just society. OK, can I just say this, Rupa? I'm this is like I hate the term, but it does work. It's triggering. For me, because hmm. at my we pulled our kids out of these New York City schools that were super woke. I mentioned my daughters, but my son's was over. I mean, just over the top on all this stuff, race, gender, all of it. And they were they had a racial presentation there at our son's school that walked you through how you're a racist. If in response to a person of color telling you you're a racist or that America's racist, if your first response is to question it in any way, that's further evidence of your racism. Totally right out of the Robin D'Angelo handbook. And th this was presented to the parents at the school in a slideshow by their new head of DEI as fact. If you have any resistance to the notion that America's racist or you're racist as a white person, further evidence of your racism. And that's just your denial. And you're, you're working through like a 10 step program to where finally, if you're if you get beaten over the head with it enough, you'll recognize you're a racist. America's racist. And only once you land in that part in that point, have you come full circle on, on the DEI training and sort of get your, you know, your gold star. So I totally see what she is doing to him. You're not allowed to challenge a black person speaking about this issue. Period. The mere fact that he he could have said anything that was challenging mm -hmm. didn't have to be what he said. It's not allowed. Go ahead. 
Well, yes. I mean, um, um, Oger Thompson, um, as we heard uh, in that clip you just played, uh, reacts angrily, uh, accuses him of white privilege um, and an accusism of not understanding the plight of uh, black Canadians. Um, and then um, after that, things go from bad to worse. Um, uh, Ojo Thompson, um, after that interaction, uh, seemed to want wanted to make an example out of Richard. Uh, and in another clip that we obtained, she refers to him as a weed and that they got the weed whacker out today. And she's laughing as she says that. Uh, and that uh, you know, made for just, uh, just, you know, it was just horrifying listening to that. Um, and then he, uh, the session continues. And then the following session, which happens the next week on May 3rd, uh, uh, Richard goes to the session as well. Um, at this session, um, Kiki Ojo Thompson refers to the previous session. She, in fact, refers to the previous, uh, the interaction in the previous session that she had with Richard without naming him. And she says, let's talk about that. You know, let's talk about what resistance looks like. What, what does a resistor do? What are a resistor's tactics? What does a resistor sound like? Um, and uh, and this was basically an invitation for the participants, the attendees, attendees in this in this session to 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 put forth their views uh one would have expected someone to actually challenge her a little bit on on her claims or at least um come to richard's defense um uh, but no one came to his defense there were 200 people at the session and not a single person stood up for richard bilkstow uh oh. fellow educators either remained silent or they piled on him. He was completely alone and isolated and made to feel incredibly humiliated. Here's, um, here's we had a little bit of that. She called it a teachable moment, dragged back up the earlier instance and then got into what an example he is of essentially white supremacy. It's top five. One of the ways that white supremacy is upheld, protected, reproduced, upkept, um, defended is through resistance. And like I said, as, as I began to speak earlier, we had, I'm, I'm so lucky, <laughs> who would have thought my luck would show up so well last week, that we got perfect evidence of an, a wonderful example of resistance that you all got to bear witness to. So we're going to talk about it. Um, because I mean, it doesn't get better than this. She's giggling. She she's enjoying it. She loves rubbing mm. his nose in it as she calls him a racist. That's essentially what she's saying. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, and, we, you know, we have to keep this in mind that Richard was dedicated his life to teaching and for him to be humiliated in this manner, um, you know, uh, surrounded by uh, people that he had once worked with uh had to be had to have had a traumatic effect on him and it did given the stress that he'd been under uh richard went on sick leave uh on may 4th um that same day he made a claim of workplace harassment uh, uh to school board officials Three months later, this uh, body uh, that uh, investigated the matter um, uh, ruled in his favor, saying that, to quote them, the conduct of the speaker on April 26, 2021 and May 3rd, 2021 was abusive, egregious and vexatious and rises to the level of workplace harassment and bullying. On July 1st of that year, he was medically cleared to return to work, but, but then, you know, 
that was not the end of the story. The school board failed to honor his contract to return as a principal that fall. Uh, he had another long-term contract uh, teaching opportunity that, um, you know, that, 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 that um, uh, school reneged on that contract. And basically, you know, he went from being the star uh, educator, a leader in the in the field of adult education, uh, to finding finding himself being canceled. Nobody wanted to uh, be seen with him, or no no one wanted to associate themselves with him. School officials began to distance themselves from him. Uh, he was essentially seen as damaged goods at this point, and his life spiraled. Uh, down into despair, and uh, and that led to his tragic um, suicide on July thirteenth, twenty twenty three. My God, this just happened, and I know that he was in touch with the free press prior to taking his own life. He was talking about this whole situation. So, what was his demeanor, and what was he saying? Well, so uh, I didn't personally speak to him. It was my uh, co-author, uh, uh, um, Ari Blaff, who interviewed him. And you can see that Richard was um, optimistic. He um, was optimistic about this a lawsuit um, and speaking to his uh, close friends and family. Uh, you know, he, he was generally pretty optimistic about the direction in which things were going for him. But he was terrified about uh, the legacy media getting uh, a hold of the lawsuit and 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 once again, uh, you know, may, you know, he feared that his name would be dragged through the mud. This was what terrified him in the weeks before his death. He was really worried that the uh, mainstream media would uh, call him a white supremacist, a racist, once again, and uh, and this this caused him a lot of uh, anxiety and stress, according to his best friend uh, whom I spoke to for the story, uh, and he was last in touch with him a day before Richard killed himself. And, um, and you know, he hadn't been sleeping, uh, and the stress was really getting to him. And uh, as his best friend said, uh, only people who were very, very close to him truly know how much he suffered. He just wasn't the same person anymore. He may have been optimistic about the lawsuit and what and the future he had plans for the future but deep down inside he was um terrified he was he felt humiliated he felt isolated and marginalized and he felt a great sense of letdown um uh from from the community of educators who were once who just a year and a half earlier were praising him uh, and telling him what a great uh, educator he was and now he was seen a white he was seen as a white supremacist and a racist I mean, just to just for the record, to remind the audience again, all the guy did was to say, sure, we may be racist here in Canada, but they're more racist in America when it comes to the, the children and the, the education approach because of the tax districts. And so that's what he said that that is what caused I've listened to all of the tapes that the free press got his hands on. That's it. There, there was no moment. There was no moment that, you know, would have made you feel like you're watching some right wing television show, right? Not, not at all. Nothing that that one exchange we just played wound up ruining his life because Kiki didn't like it and didn't think he had the right to challenge her because she's a black woman. And therefore, everything she says is true, period, whether it is or it isn't. So did did Richard have you know, was there were there any other 
prior suicide attempts? What did he have a longstanding issue mentally or, you know, in terms of mental health? No, that, that's that's a great question. And the question that I've asked uh, everyone that I, I've spoken to, uh, including his uh, family, uh, whom he was very close to and his uh, very close friends. And no, um, he was you know, a very um, a jovial person. He had a great personality. Um, he loved his job. He dedicated his life to teaching. He loved his students. And he liked, he liked going to Mexico. Uh, there was no indication at all um, that, you know, no, there, was, there was no prior history of mental illness or, or any, any uh, attempts at uh, taking his life uh, prior to this. And, uh, and, and so uh, this one incident, this few minutes of interaction at this DI training session um, uh, had a profound effect on him. Uh, there's no question in my mind that uh, that it 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 really just um, uh, affected him to such an extent. Uh, it's important to keep in mind, Megan, that as a school principal, his reputation, or for that matter, every school principal or teacher anywhere, uh, whether in the U.S. or Canada, um, you know, their reputation has to be absolutely stellar. And once you know, when there's an attempt to tarnish that, or it or it gets tarnished for whatever reason, it's it's very difficult to come back from that. And we know this as writers and journalists, you know, how important that is. Um, and, 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 you know, some of us, I think, handle it, uh, you know, better than others, I suppose. Richard handled it, but, you know, ultimately it was, it was, it was too much for him to bear. And, uh, and uh, one, one, one explanation that I was given uh, by his, uh, you know, that, that came to me from his family was that the last name, Bilkstow, is, is uncommon. Um, and it's, it's, and, and so he, Richard was very worried that if, if the mainstream media were to write um, uh, about his lawsuit uh, again, uh, dragging his name through the mud and uh, smearing him once again, uh, he he truly felt that his family name, that his family would 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 uh, suffer as a result, and um, and and his family feels that this probably was one reason why he took that ultimate step. Oh my God, it's like I just want to say to people, I I talk about this all the time. I really believe that reputation is a mirage. It's a mirage. All that matters is who you actually are and who and your relationships with the people, as I say, within 15 feet of you, the people who really know you would know that this was a lie about Richard. He got spun up in the belief that reputation is real and that, I mean, sure, it would have real life consequences for him potentially on the employment front and so on. But my God, I wish I had, could have spoken with him. You know, as somebody who's been through something similar, I wish I could have spoken with him. Um, I hope that anybody out there suffering with this, because this is being done to people in, in Canada and in the United States and all over the world now, uh, should know that this is these are passing storms, that these are dishonest brokers who do this to you, and that people are catching on, maybe not as much in April 2021, but but by July, you know, this month, Yet last month, they, we've, they've caught on to this cynical game that's being played. But Richard sounds like he was a tender soul and and they got to him. And that's the risk. That's the risk that, you know, this school system ran in bringing in this person. Right. And she's still up and operating. Is she not, Rupa? She's still out there like other. This woman could get hired tomorrow by by a school in Canada or the United States. 
Absolutely. Well, this institute boasts um, a pretty big client list, including the CDC, H&M, and a bunch of other, um, you know, government organizations here in Canada. Um, so they certainly may, have made a lot of money uh, from these DI training sessions. Um, his death was, uh, you know, so incredibly tragic and was completely avoidable. Um, and what's happened now is rather than being contrite and being compassionate, uh, um, uh, you know, Kojo Institute and Kiki Ojo Thompson uh, seem to be doubling down by saying that um, that uh, that right wing elements are trying to weaponize his death and use it against her. That she's in fact the actual victim here. Um, and uh, even though even though a man uh, died by suicide after being abused at her training session. Um, and you know this 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 tragedy, if I may say this, is one instance which shows um, truly how Canada has drifted to such an extreme where dissent and healthy debate are tarred as disinformation or 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 malice. Uh, and this is coming uh, uh, from the prime minister on down. Um, and I, I feel that we truly are in this Orwellian situation, uh, and it's not at all clear how we go from here and how we get out of this mess. Uh, but it's a good warning to you guys, our friends uh, south of the border, of exactly where you don't want to go. Right. But we are, as I say, and this is <laughs> this already infiltrated my schools back in uh, 2020. So, I mean, I, I yeah. was living this firsthand. This is already here. If you think this is a problem only in Canada, you haven't been paying attention. I'm, I'll guarantee you there's some DEI coordinator who's trying to get into the school of, of all American children right now um, with this similar messaging. I've seen it. I've sat there and looked at the slides myself. This is the presentation. You're not allowed to challenge. Um, this is the statement in part to which you refer, statement by the Kojo Institute. This incident is being weaponized to discredit and suppress the work of everyone committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion. While the coverage by right-wing media of this controversy is disappointing and led to our organization and team members receiving threats and vitriol online, hello, welcome to Richard's world, we will not be deterred from our work in building a better society for everyone. So lesson not learned, not learned at all. And no. has she, has Kiki spoken to the free press at all? Has she has there been any atonement or, or responsibility taken? Uh, no, none, none that I'm aware of. Uh, publicly, she's, um, I think uh, there was a protest actually a couple of weeks ago uh, by a group called uh, Parents of uh, Black Kids, uh, something like that. And uh, and they they essentially said that she she's a victim and she's being tarred and by right-wing elements. And, uh, and, and this is disinformation misinformation all of the usual boilerplate stuff that uh, that uh, that they would uh, use to uh, try to discredit uh, what happened so unfortunately what's happening is that his name is uh, you know after his death is being smeared this is exactly what richard feared when he was alive that uh, people would not people would 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 uh, distort what happened during the uh, training session and this is why you know we we really wanted uh, to to provide the audio recordings because 
Um, it's one thing to read uh, an excerpted text uh, that is in the lawsuit, and that itself makes for uh, you know horrific reading. But it's quite another to actually listen to the audio recordings and actually get a sense of uh, the tone, you know, and her her laughter, her laughing uh, when when she when she calls him a weed, and that uh, when she refers to him as a weed, and that you know that her you know that how lucky she felt that an example just showed up and she couldn't believe her luck. And, and she mocked and the him pylon, and laughed at him. She, yeah, she mocked him. And uh, and 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 so the audio recordings, uh, you know, are, are chilling and they're powerful. And uh, I'm I, I you know, I, I'm so glad that I was able to share that, uh, that we at the free press um, uh, provided that, embedded that in our story. There are more audio recordings on my Twitter thread uh, um, uh, where I talk about the story that that it's are well uh, worth these recordings. Listening to. The, but here's this, the thing, Ruba, the it's 40, not only like, yeah. so you, we, we talked about how, yes, everybody's different. Everybody's built differently. You know, I mean, I, I've been through this washing machine and it's horrible, but I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Richard had a different experience, but here's the thing that we really need to worry about. It's being done to children. It's being done to very vulnerable children who are already unsteady emotionally, a lot of them. You know, they're going through puberty, they're going through depression, they're addicted to social media, all the things that have been affecting depression, COVID uh, of teenage girls, teenage boys, and they're being subjected to these kinds of trainings. I mean, they're bringing these into schools and subjecting children to them and they're going through this. So it's like, good God, think of what could happen. And like parents need to stand up and say, Kiki will not be coming to our school. Kiki has a very checkered record. Kiki's behavior toward a good man uh, it very definitely appears to have played a role in his decision to take his own life. That's that's what happened here. That's the allegation, whether she wants to deal with it or not. Um, and the answer is she doesn't. But like the, 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 the fact that you guys are shining a light on this is what makes it so important. Did Richard himself like say anything about it? Did he leave a note? Did he did he explain any of this? Um, um, I'm told that he left a note, but we don't know, uh, uh the, the contents of the note, uh, that has not been, uh, public, uh, released to the public or to anyone that I'm aware of. Um, but, uh, he certainly spoke about what happened to him, to everyone that he met. Uh, he was seen as someone who really wanted to, uh, you know, this incident had affected him, uh, so much, but, you know, even prior to that, he was always looking to improve the education system, the public education system here. And, but post this incident, he, you know, was helping, um, you know, he was, he was doing more of that. And, uh, he, he would, he would uh, befriend people who were also is, uh, you know, in a similar battle, trying to imp improve the public education system. And anyone that he met, he spoke about the lawsuit. He spoke about what happened. He would, in fact, play the audio recordings uh, to um, to uh, to everybody that he met, that he confided in. Um, and uh, and you know, it was um, certainly not something that he kept to himself. He, uh, but deep down inside, I mean, even though he had a lot of supporters. Um, it's important to emphasize that not one of those 200 people actually got up and defended him. Um, and, you know, I sent out a call two weeks ago while writing the story. Please, if you were in that session with him, uh, please reach out to me. I will protect your identity. Um, I just want to know what happened. Can you corroborate what happened? And not a single person to this day has reached out to me. Oh, and, wow. you know, no, they're you, ashamed. You, you, 
And you said earlier, you made a very good point about, you know, it's time for people to stand up and say, that's it. We, we, we're we not going to entertain the likes of Kojo Institute entering our schools and so on. Uh, and that's a very important point, Megan, because this is something that I've been thinking about. People claim that they want things to change, but ultimately they're cowardly and don't want to speak up because they're afraid of losing their jobs. They're afraid of losing their pensions. They're afraid of uh, losing their reputation or their friends or being unfriended on Facebook. <laughs> um, but you know, what ends up happening is that they end up perpetuating the system. Uh, the fact yeah. that not a single educator, and these are people who are uh, helping shape young minds. They're supposed to be cultivating um, courage uh, in, in our young people. They're supposed to be cultivating critical thinking in our young people. Not a single one of those people uh, spoke publicly in defense of uh, Richard Biltstow. Either they're true believers or they're just too afraid to speak up and they're very cowardly. Mm. The I understand in part why they didn't do it in the moment because of her messaging. Her messaging was basically, if you say anything, you're on the wrong side, you're a racist. And so I can see a bunch of progressive Canadians sitting up there saying, well, I don't want to uh, then I then look what she's doing to Richard. I don't want to be on the receiving. But the, there's no excuse for and that's not an excuse. I just I, I get why they didn't do it in the moment. But now to not speak out now to not come forward and say, I regret not defending Richard. I regret seeding the conversation to this nutcase who is up there hurting people with a completely racist, wrongheaded message. Here's one other thing she said that speaks to the sort of the shaming of people with a with a divergent viewpoint um, from one of the sessions. This is from after the first offense and exchange she had with Richard, I think, in that third session, uh, sought for. When it's not your personal experience, remember, as white people, there's a whole bunch going on that isn't your personal experience. It will never be. It will. You will never know it to be so. You will never know it to be so. But so your job in in this work as white people is to believe and and and, and if and if what you want is clarification, ask for that. Ask, truly, in truth, not not in not with the with the, the foot in the yeah. But I'm going to tell you how you're wrong. It's the help me understand further please, because I actually don't know. Um, and so I think that one has to really question a number of things. Um, I think this was a, a profound and, and appropriate teachable moment. Your job is to believe, period. She has the she has cornered the market on truth because of her melanin. Absolutely. And uh, what's uh, really hard to believe uh, is that she herself used to be a teacher at one point. Uh, and Im imagine imparting this kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, education uh, uh, to your students. Uh, it truly is quite disturbing. Uh, you know, Richard's Richard's fault, uh, if, uh, you know, is that, you know, he was he was um, a, a gay man. He was white and he was pushing against this claim. Uh, not aggressively, very politely, and uh, and and that's what got him into trouble, and that just is just tragic. Well, Kiki, I do not believe, Madam, wherever you may be, I do not believe, I do not believe you, I do not believe that you spoke truth, and I will fight you if you come within ten feet of any organization that my children or my friends or I am a part of. And I recommend everyone listening to me do the same. You should pay attention. Kojo Institute. And it's not just Kojo, Kojo, not at all. That was not the institute that came to my schools. Uh, but the ones that were at my schools, one was the DEI head 
And the other one at our girls' school, I'm trying to remember the name. It was very, very, oh God, it's Pollyanna. Pollyanna was the um, sort of the approach on the DEI there. And they brought in another group to do DEI training who said the same kind of stuff. So you have to stay vigilant on it. Last question, though, Rupa, that I understand there was some investigation ordered by the education minister there. I mean, will there be any accountability here? Uh, I hope so. I certainly hope so. The school board itself has uh, announced uh, announced a couple of weeks ago that they were going to be uh, launching an investigation in, into what happened at the DEI session. Uh, the minister, minister of Education in the province where I live has announced, uh, and where, where all of this happened, has announced uh, an investigation as well. I, I truly hope that uh, we we get to the bottom of this and 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 really try to do justice by Richard, um, you know, I, because what happened to him was completely avoidable. It was absolutely tragic. It destroyed, uh, it, you know, what was done to him, not what happened to him, what was done to him, and it destroyed his life. Um, and, and you know, and now you have. Um, uh, People, friends of Koju, um, already smearing him after his death and claiming that the DEI trainer is the actual vic victim. It's an upside down world. It makes me want to go to one of these trainings. I could have some fun with this woman. I really I would love to get in her face. I would. I'd love to sit there saying you're full of shit. You've hurt a lot of people. This is a bunch of nonsense. These are racist lies. You're a racist, Kiki. I mean, like if you are forced to be subjected to this by your company or your school or your kid is and you can't manage to pull them, then arm them with facts, arm them with actual comebacks to the nonsense mm. that this woman spews. And I think more and more uh, people see that those of us who challenge this nonsense are in the right black, white, whatever. I mean, the, more and more people at our at our school our boys school in New York, when we sort of found a, formed an underground group to push back on this on this nonsense, some of the most outspoken people about it were black families who were like, this is bullshit. We, we disagree with all of this. And they were completely aligned with all of us on the harm that was being done with, with this messaging. But you don't know if you sit there in silence with your tail between your legs. Thank you for calling attention to this. Love the free press. Everyone can check it out at thefp.com. More and more great journalism there. Uh, thank you. All the best. Come back anytime, Ruba. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. And I uh, hope all of you pay attention and have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for listening to The Megan Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear.